This is Terrio Media. Success in real estate has nothing to do with shiny objects. It has everything to do with mastering the basics. The three pillars of real estate investing. Attract, convert, exit. Matt Terrio has been helping real estate investors do just that for more than a decade now. If you want to make money in real estate, keep listening. If you want it faster, visit reiace.com. Here's Matt. Hey there, Epic Investor. It is Matt Terrio from Epic Real Estate. And this is where we show people how to invest in real estate with an emphasis on retiring early. And we call this the Epic Real Estate Investing Show. And it's really just a money show, though, disguised as a real estate show. You know, I I do this show because I know that most people are living a life of financial sacrifice, a life of financial betrayal. So we've built a system that creates an opportunity for one's money to work harder for them than they did for it, saving them and their families from a lifetime of financial worry. And I know that real estate works. And I believe everyone deserves a chance. And I call it a money show just because it's real estate that gives everyone the biggest chance of making it happen for themselves. So if this is your first time here, really glad that you found us. If you like what you hear, make sure you hit the subscribe button before you go. And if this is not your first time here, welcome back. And thank you for sharing this with your friends and family. You're the absolute best for doing that. So thanks again. Alrighty, so... Last week, we had a little bit of a discussion with uh, Mr. Jeff Garner, and I had another guest for you this week, but they had canceled, or they didn't cancel, they rescheduled. And so here I am, impromptu, recording the day before, just like we did last week, and it turned out to be a big hit. So thank you for all the comments, all the feedback. I got some great emails. I got some Voxers from my private REI ACE clients as well. And they, they never say, hey, that was a great episode. But um, we got that a lot. So there was something that really resonated with you, with uh, Jeff, and, and our thoughts on the current market. And so I'm leading right now. What makes me think of this is I'm leading uh, with Mr. Joe McCall, the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. He's the host of that show. And I uh, specialize in lease options. And we've kind of teamed up together, at least temporarily for a while, to teach a class. It's the Creative Real Estate Investing Lab. And we just finished the, or this, we're in the middle of week five of that, of the six week course. And one of the questions was asked to me today uh, during our class was, Matt, how do you stay up to date with your real estate investing information, the market data and stuff? And a lot of it is just personal experience. But I stay in touch with other investors like I did with Jeff last week. And we discuss and and see what's going on. Because real estate is very local. You know, I was in Los Angeles for so long. And that's its own little bubble. It's not a good representation of what's going on nationally uh, being in that market. And so I've moved to Las Vegas. I've been here about a year now. And... You know, it's its own little thing. And then when I talked to Jeff last week, St. Louis is its own little thing. And my my partner, Josh Swanson, down in Orlando, he's got his own little thing. So real estate is really local. And, you know, we're all trying to figure out what should we do right now considering the pandemic and the civil unrest, the political unrest, 
all the different movements that are going on that seem to be conflicting with each other. So our world is really, I mean, I'm 50 years old and this is a first, you know, they say this is, these are unprecedented times. I think that's really an understatement. I don't think anyone has a clue as to, to what's going on or what they're doing. I think, uh, tragically, and when it comes to politics, I am really just, I'm so down the middle and the two extremes that are going at it right now are just, uh, I don't know, it, it's frustrating. They, um, I think they just hate each other so much that they can't even listen to reason at the moment. And then all the outside influences of what's going on in society, that's certainly not helping the situation. But us as real estate investors, how we make our living, we have to act, right? We can't just sit and watch. We can't just curl up in the corner in a little ball and wait for this all to be over. As much as we'd probably all like to do something like that, can we just wake up from this nightmare? But we can't, right? We got to keep moving. If we stop, we're going to get run over. And I don't know if the left's going to run us over. I don't know if the right's going to run us over. But uh, if we stand still, we're definitely going to get run over. And, uh, you know, for certain, we'll get passed up. So I'm just always looking for new information. And someone on the, the Creative Investing Lab class today suggested a website called MashVisor. Never heard of it before. MashVisor.com. So I looked it up just to see what was going on over there and came across a, a blog post they have here written back in May. And it's the housing market predictions for 2021. And the experts forecast post-COVID-19 market. And I read all the way through it. And there's obviously some information we have now that we didn't have in May. But I don't think it's, I think it's, there's some good information here still. So I thought I'd just lead, uh, lead, read loosely from it and just provide a little bit of commentary, but I kind of want the article to do most of the talking. Uh, you know, was it, I don't know, maybe two weeks ago, I read the report and did my own version and commentary on the counselors of real estate predictions. And MASHVisor, they just say the experts. Maybe it'll appear as to who these experts are for them. I bet I could click the uh, about page here. I'm not sure, but they reference the realtor.com. They reference Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae and Zillow. So all the big wigs, more in the retail side, but they have a lot of comments here referencing real estate investors. So I think it's relevant. So it begins after the COVID-19 pandemic came into being, U.S. housing market predictions 2020 went from optimistic to pessimistic as the lockdown intended to slow the spread of the coronavirus has stalled the real estate market. This current market stall presents a unique challenge when tracking how real estate trends are performing now and what to expect moving forward. But recently, a number of housing and economic experts have issued their real estate market forecast for the U.S. In this article, we break down these predictions for real estate investors to understand what to expect through the end of 2020 and 2021. So back in May, that's when we started uh, focusing heavily on all the creative financing, creative investing strategies, right? Because it was my prediction, very much kind of what they said here in their opening paragraph, that uh, things are going to shift. And potentially, uh, as their ideas became pessimistic, so were mine a little bit. But here we are a few months later, and we're still kind of waiting for that. It hasn't really happened. But I'll continue reading and share more with what I was thinking here. One, home price 
predictions. So the first housing market forecast comes from Freddie Mac. In its latest outlook, the Economic and Housing Research Group predicted that U.S. home prices would level off or dip slightly, half a percent, over the next four quarters. They also expect that house values would rise again sometime during the latter part of 2021. According to Freddie Mac, they don't expect house prices to dip significantly because the fiscal stimulus provided by the CARES Act will mute the impact that the economic shock has on house prices. However, a recent forecast from the housing research team at Zillow offers a gloomier prediction for housing prices. Zillow's latest forecast is based on the assumption that the GDP will decrease by 4.9% in the United States this year and then increase by 5.7% in 2021. Under this scenario, Zillow forecasts house prices to drop by 2 to 3% by October from their February values. But like Freddie Mac, experts at Zillow also predict a slow recovery estimating that home prices will return to their pre-coronavirus levels by late summer of 2021. I'll just continue. This is a small part left. Meaning general housing market predictions are that housing prices will fall through the end of 2020 before recovering in Q3 of 2021. This is good news for real estate investors looking to buy a rental property in a strong housing market. But keep in mind that home prices are unlikely to fall to the bargain basement prices many were hoping for. So if you want to get into real estate investing, we recommend making your move while housing prices and mortgage rates are low. So that right there, that was this was back in May. And what we've come to learn is that housing prices haven't really dropped at all. The... Uh, Sellers have uh, removed their houses from their listings. They've t- uh, canceled those listings or postponed those listings. The demand we know is still out there. We've heard that from several real estate agents here that we interviewed on the show. I've heard of it from around just in the ethos and certainly on the media, in the media. The demand is still there, but the supply is, is shrinking mostly because people have pulled their houses off the market. So... Not a whole lot of movement in prices. If anything, it's appreciated a little bit. There's just a, a, a Twitter, a tweet. <laughs> I'm not on Twitter too much. Boy, have you been to Twitter? That's a vile place. A lot of really mean, nasty people there. But uh, anyway, there. I just saw something from one of the Las Vegas real estate magazines that I follow. And they just set a record for condo sale, high-rise condo sale for four point something million dollars here in Las Vegas. And so, I mean, this is, you know, we're still in major lockdown right now and it's appreciating. So the demand is still out there. All right. So that was number one, home price predictions. Now, home sales predictions. According to Realtor.com, the pace of home sales relative to inventory reached a new record high in February as sellers gained leverage and buyers benefited from lower mortgage rates. But the federal government's shutdown of non-essential businesses has paused most real estate transactions. A new report from Fannie Mae forecasts that home sales will fall by nearly 15% in 2020 compared to 2019 numbers. The mortgage giant currently predicts the economy and home sales both to rebound in 2021. However, that rebound is depending on the pandemic's trajectory. Zillow's recent report also includes their housing market predictions for home sales. The company expects a whopping 50 to 60% decline in home sales from its pre-coronavirus levels. Experts at Zillow forecast home sales to bottom out in Q2 of 2020 before they slowly recover to baseline levels by the end of 2021. 
Another U.S. real estate market forecast from Zillow is that nationwide home sales will slowly recover and return to their pre-coronavirus levels by the end of 2021. Still, Zillow noted that the pace of recovery highly depends on that scale and success of social distancing measures, among other factors. So this is back in May, and they were predicting it was going to be very, uh, it was all going to be determined by how the virus, you know, grows or recedes, right? And so this is what we know now. It has increased, at least in cases. I wish the media would just be, be fair and just report all of the numbers. But uh, the cases have increased and have increased significantly. But the deaths aren't keeping up with the case reportings, which I think we should almost be in celebration that every day that we get more and more cases and not as many deaths, the, uh, the mortality rate drops, right? And that's from the CDC. That's from the World Health Organization. That's not from Fox or CNN. Those are just the numbers I read there. You can just read the graphs. You can look at the graphs. The cases continue to rise, but the deaths are kind of stagnant. They're rising a little bit now, but they're still pretty darn flat. And so all that does is the mortality rate just continues to plummet. Anyway, I'm sorry, I've been watching way too much news. I keep on telling myself, I'm not going to watch the news. I'm not going to watch the news. And I'm just, it's pulled me in. I'm so addicted. But uh, I am practicing, (laughs) not social distancing, media distancing. I'm trying to. But anyway, yeah, so a lot is going to be dependent on which direction this goes. I have a feeling we're going to have a whole new, different, entirely different outlook on this on November 4th after this election is over. It's just things are just so out of control that there's nothing else that can really explain it other than they all have an agenda to win in November. And so let's make it as bad as we can for the other person up until then and let the poor civilians suffer. That's how, I'm, how I see it. But um, home sales predictions. Zillow thinks it's going to drop significantly. And I think there's a good indicator. And so, and so did I. I thought it was going to drop maybe not that much. But I thought it was going to as well. So I was kind of in the same cart as Zillow and, and I guess as far as uh, Realtor.com and Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac go. Um, they all agreed that it would drop a little bit, but uh, some more significant than others. But it hasn't really, right? I think that's going to change, though. I really do. As I was talking about it uh, last episode or two episodes ago, you know, all the things that cause sellers to be vote or cause motivated sellers to be motivated those life instances um, are all on the rise. All the sad things that happen to people are on the rise. The very things that we go and market for. I mean, it it sounds kind of crazy like saying that divorce and bankruptcy are on the rise, so get ready to go buy some discount real estate. That sounds like really opportunistic. But if you think about it, when we're pulling a list just six months ago, People are saying, well, how do I find a bankruptcy list? How do I find a divorce list, right? So it's just the context of it. It Previously, it was just good business, and now it feels like, um, oh, you greedy little vulture taking advantage of everybody. But that's what we do, right? We have no control over that. We don't take advantage of everybody. That's not what I'm talking about that we do. But those are the type of opportunities we look for in good markets when everything seems to be going well. So why should that change when, uh, you know, things shift the other direction. All right, so here we go. Number three, housing supply and demand forecast. Now, this is a biggie. I think this is really important. 
The impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on home sales is expected to change the real estate supply and demand in the U.S. housing market. On the demand side, the fast increase in unemployment as a result of the coronavirus pandemic and its accompanying stay-at-home orders will limit many Americans' ability to afford a purchase as big as a home. Experts at Capital Economics also predict that the economic cost we're paying to contain the virus will weight down the economy in 2021. Based on their data, U.S. home sales are expected to be around 6 million in 2021 instead of the previously projected 6.3 million. Meanwhile, on the supply side, the number of homes for sale is falling as sellers are pulling their listings from the market. So I'd mentioned this earlier. Sellers are either hesitant about allowing strangers to tour their homes or are worried that the lack of demand is placing downward pressure on the sales price they might otherwise receive. Also, home building activity following the Great Recession didn't keep up with the demand, creating a significant gap in the marketplace. Consequently, Housing market predictions for 2021, according to economists' expectations, are that the low supply would prevent buyers from finding a property that they could afford. So what it's saying is the supply is already low with people pulling their listings. And the supply is low because after the Great Recession of 2007-2008, home building was really slow to come back online. So the available homes, particularly when it comes to new homes, is really lagging behind the demand. So when you have a a low supply and still a decent demand, that's pretty much going to support stable home prices. And what they're saying is that low supply would prevent buyers from finding a property that they can afford. That's important too. And that leads us to number four, housing affordability predictions. Affordability was already an issue for the housing market in 2020, even before the coronavirus hit. The Housing Affordability Index determines the affordability of the housing market by comparing the median household income to the median house price. An affordability index of 100 means the average person could afford the average home. An increasing affordability index, however, means more people are priced out of the real estate market. According to the National Association of Realtors, the National Housing Affordability Index was 162.1 in March 2020 compared to 153.4 in March 2019. So that's up uh, nine points. In other words, homes are less affordable now than a year ago. So, of course, we can relate this issue to the coronavirus pandemic and its effects on housing market predictions for 2021. The lockdown caused unemployment to increase as many people lost their jobs. This adds to the millions of households seeing their income drop. Keep in mind the first U.S. housing market forecast, which is that uh, home prices will remain steady or drop just a few percentage points. The end result is a significant drop in the average household income while the cost of the average home remains almost unchanged. For a real estate investor, so what they're saying is, because of the low supply, prices will be supported and probably won't drop or won't drop that much. But the demand from the average people, because their income has dropped so significantly, that... For the real estate investor, this means there will be an increasing demand for rental properties when the coronavirus pandemic is over. So right there, if you read between the lines there, 
It's what I've been saying all along is you want to get control of property. The name of the game is control. The strategy or the tactic is creative financing. It's going to be really difficult to buy low, sell high in in a wholesale type environment because so few people have the money to buy because they can't keep up with the affordability index. But because the supply is so low, that reduced demand is not going to significantly reduce the price of the houses. Got it? So if you're controlling a lot of property, people need to live in that property. Those are rental properties. So there's going to be an increasing demand for rental property, so likely increased rents, right? So that was written back in May. I don't see that a real significant difference right now either, two months later. So I think they're right on the money with that. I know that the new stimulus package is up being debated as we probably speak right now, but likely to be approved in some form here very, very shortly. Uh, and what it looks like is even that unemployment supplement, that extra $600 a month is probably going to be cut. Uh, the Republicans are pushing for $200. The Democrats want it to remain at $600. Um, I see both sides of that. I would love to see it at $600 because I know people are suffering and they need the money. I know where the Republicans are coming from because we can't just endlessly print money and expect this to not have long-term ramifications. So I get both sides. I don't know what the answer is, but I I understand both sides of that argument. So I don't know where we're going to end. Probably somewhere in the middle, right? Traditionally or typically or historically speaking, we'll probably end up with some sort of uh, compromise. All right. So here's the big question. Is the housing market going to crash in 2020 or 2021? Well, even though the U.S. housing market likely won't be the cause of the next recession, a downturn in the economy would still have an impact on the real estate market. The overall housing market could enter a recession in under five years, with Zillow predicting that it will start in 2020. People now ask if this will cause a housing market crash. Well, according to economists, the spillover to the housing market will rely upon the length, depth, and severity of the 2020 coronavirus recession. So far, Experts are optimistic that we will not see a housing market crash throughout the rest of 2020. So that was back in May. And up to this point, I'm going to tend to agree with them. We probably won't see a crash. I think we'll see maybe an adjustment, a small shift. I don't think we're going to see a crash. But that that all remains to be seen. Things are changing so quickly. Tomorrow's news could be... Um, just totally different than what it was today. So I'm prepared for that. But I still think they're right on the nose that for the real estate investor, this means there's going to be an increased demand for rental properties, which means they're going to be an increased rent rate. Okay. All right. So in addition, you should always keep in mind that national real estate trends can vary quite a bit from one city and state to the next. According to U.S. housing market predictions, some parts of the country will feel the effects of a recession worse than others. When it comes to home prices, for example, some markets could sail through the current crisis with a mere slowdown in price appreciation, but others could feel a measurable drop. Thus, even though there won't be a nationwide housing market crash, local markets might suffer more than others and take longer to recover. This is why you, as a real estate investor, must always remember to analyze your housing market of choice before buying an investment property. 
So if I was going to read that and, and interpret that and of how the pandemic and the economic shutdown is going to impact different markets um, in different ways, I would think anything heavy with restaurants, anything heavy with hospitality, anything heavy with tourism or travel, I would guess that those markets would probably be hit harder than others. Las Vegas, where I'm at, being an example. We check all of those boxes, right? So we'll see. And then uh, the last thing it finishes up with, will real estate conditions shift to a buyer's market in 2021? Now, see, this is what I was really predicting. And I still think there could be some here. But if the supply remains low, if people aren't selling, then buyers can still be duking it out and the power can be in the seller's hands. But for years, the U.S. housing market was described as a strong seller's market. But as the COVID-19 pandemic is affecting both sellers and buyers in 2020, the market's dynamics are shifting. As mentioned, the rate of new home listings entering the market has gone down significantly, adding very little new housing inventory to the national pool of listings. Similarly, there are fewer closed sales due to social distancing measures. Does this mean the real estate market will shift into a buyer's market in 2020? Well, according to housing market predictions from Realtor.com, it could. If the real estate market resets and picks back up later in the year, listings and sales will likely increase. As listings start coming to the market, this accumulation of listings will drive up month's supply figures. In turn, this will temporarily shift us to a buyer's market. Then, as the rate of buyers catches up to listings, this sales and listings dynamic will start to balance out. However, it remains to be seen where it ends up at the end of the year. So what they're saying is once kind of the all clear is given and everyone's getting a little bit comfortable with the, uh, the coronavirus, whether there's a cure or a vaccine or it magically disappears, wouldn't that be great? That listings could come onto the market really, really quickly, faster than buyers could keep up, of which would give turn it into a buyer's market, but as they're saying, only temporarily. But I don't know if it would be temporarily because what I'm really looking at, and this is kind of one of the biggest indicators of what the market is about to do. One of the closest things we have to a crystal ball, certainly one of the strongest elements within the crystal ball is that housing affordability index. And that was already an issue prior to the pandemic. So and then if you got that affordability index, that was already an issue. And then you have so many people unemployed that reduces their buying ability as well, which is probably going to drive that housing index up even further if that's how it works. But logically that would make sense whether it actually shows up in the numbers or just shows up in, in the real world. I don't know. I think the, the buyer's market could be a buyer's market for longer than we think. But what we have to get past, I think, for, there, for us to really notice anything. So this is why it's so important to just invest in yourself, practice your skills, perfect your performance, educate yourself, brush up on things. Just get really good at this. Get really good at buying houses. Because once we get past the stimulus, once we get past the unemployment, I mean, we've had two really good job um, reports in a row. I don't think that's going to happen. A third one, God, I hope it does. I would love everyone to get their job back. But since we've all pulled back this month in our reopening, I can't see how that would bounce back, but maybe it does. But the point being is, even with two good months in a row, unemployment is still extremely high. 
So that buying power is is being reduced, and I see that's where the strong the case for the strong demand of rental properties is really um it's going to be key. I think it's going to really grow. So let's see where are we at here. Last thing, what should you do if you're planning to sell a house during the pandemic? Well, if you absolutely need to sell, expect homes to be slow to sell. You might also have to lower your asking price, but if you can, you may want to wait a few months to see if things will shift from a buyer's market to a more balanced market. The only exception, however, would be for owners of affordable homes that are in short supply. If this is the case for you, then you'll have a seller's market as soon as people are allowed to go back out shopping. Bottom line, actually, let me just say one more thing here. Everything I'm sharing with you right now is what the market is doing, what the, what the experts are predicting between this episode and a couple episodes ago where I talked about the predictions from the counselors of real estate, that group of experts over there. Um, this is all market data. And when you're negotiating with sellers, remember, you're going to align yourself with the seller. You're going to be the problem solver. You're going to be the good cop. You're going to be there to help. You're going to be there to be of service and help that property owner. They've got something bigger going on in their life than, than what would uh, take for them to go out and sell their house via the traditional means through a real estate agent. So that's why they've called you and they're looking for peace of mind and they're going to give you equity in exchange. That's how it works. You make the market the bad guy. You are the good guy. And it's really tough. It's been really tough the last seven, eight, nine years to make the market the bad guy when it's constantly appreciating, right? And when you put a house on the multiple listing service, you've got multiple offers in minutes, it's seemingly. So all of this data that I'm sharing with you, whether it's boring you or you find it fascinating, great. I mean, at least you're informed, but there's power in this knowledge when you're buying houses, when you're buying houses from private sellers. Mr. Seller, I mean, the, the COVID things really create a lot of uncertainty. It looks like um, the, the affordability index was already an issue before we went into COVID with so many people losing their jobs. Um, it's only driving that affordability index up higher, which is dramatically decreasing the buyer pool on a daily basis. And once this flood of houses come back on the market, you know, the, the supply is going to far exceed the demand for a while. The demand will probably catch up. I'm not saying it's all doom and gloom and, and you're, you're going to be, uh, you're totally hosed for, for with your house. But if you want to get full market value or what you thought it was worth, it's probably going to be a while. And if you want to wait, that's perfectly okay with me, Mr. Seller. I'd be happy to, uh, to be here and potentially buy your house when you're ready to sell and you think the market has come back. And we all kind of wait around for the market to come back before we want to sell. But all market indicators via Realtor.com, via Zillow, via Freddie Mac, via Fannie Mae, via the counselors of real estate, um, they're all kind of pointing to a slow period and potentially a buyer's market. So we can sell quickly now and get out of this and you can get on your way and solve your problem. Or we can go ahead and, and we can just wait. And I'm okay either way. Which one would you like to do? So that's a conversation you can have with a seller. Being the good guy, being the informer and just letting them know, you know what? This is probably the highest price you're going to get according to all the experts the highest price you're probably going to get is right now. 
And you probably got another good 18 to 24 months before we bounce back up to, to a point where you could sell it for more. But I'm perfectly okay with that. Which one do you want to do? Alrighty. So take this data. Don't just let this all go to waste. You are armed with information that can help you get that equity while you give the seller peace of mind. It's not trickery. You're not trying to outsmart the seller or you're just actually being transparent and telling them how it is. This is what's so, right? So the bottom line here, the last paragraph of this article, experts point out that it's still too soon to make reliable housing market predictions for 2021. I agree, still a little too soon to make reliable predictions. It all depends on how much longer the nation must deal with the coronavirus pandemic, as well as how quickly the economy can recover. However, some analysts say that the real estate market will be a key driver in economic recovery toward the end of the year. We also expect this to be the case, seeing that markets are still great locations for investing in real estate and buying rental property. So to stay informed on the latest real estate news, keep reading our coronavirus trends blog. So I got this from mashvisor.com. This is the only article I ever read from there. It was recommended to me today from a student. So far, so good. Seemed like really good stuff. It doesn't, it seems very fair and it's just the facts and very little opinion. We have an interpretation of the facts. But uh, if you want to check them out, go to mashvisor.com. You can read this article all by yourself. Um, It's called The Housing Market Predictions 2021 Experts Forecast Post-COVID-19. All righty. So right now, uh, Mercedes with the deal of the week. Get ready for this amazing deal of the week that screams cash flow. This week's property is located in Hammond, Indiana, a small little pocket in northern Indiana. This area is an absolute investor's dream because it's not so investor saturated, yet there is an awesome demand for rentals. Now, this was a single family residence, three bedroom, one bath, 1200 square feet, cottage style, quaint little home that was just fully rehabbed. Now, the beauty of this property was that property taxes were super, super low. Those low taxes totally contributed to the ROI of bringing that property to a 10.6% ROI. The property sold for $129,000 and the property rents for $1,295 a month. So congratulations to Chris and Julie of Southern California who landed this amazing property. In fact, it was such a great buy. They are in line for property number two. And guys, I am on the lookout for you. For more properties like this and to see our featured deal of the week, go to cashflowsavvy.com. That's savvy with two V's. Download the Frustrated Investor's Guide to Passive Income right on the bottom of the page and you too will start to see my deal of the week. All right. Thank you, Mercedes. Again, if you want more information on that property or others just like it, go to cashflowsavvy.com and download the Frustrated Investor's Guide to Passive Income. Now, if you found this episode valuable, who else do you know? Because there's a really good chance you know someone else who would find this valuable too. 
And when you think about it, when that name comes to mind, please share it with them and ask them to click the subscribe button when they get here and I'll take great care of them. Alrighty, that's it for today. God loves you and so do I. Health, peace, blessings, and success to you. I'm Matt Terrio, living the dream. Yeah, yeah, we got the cash flow. Huh. Yeah, yeah, we got the cash flow. Yeah, yeah, we got the cash flow. You didn't know, homeboy, we got the cash flow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.